Welcome to Two for None, your favourite cricket comedy podcast. My name is Patrick Cullen and I'm here with the injured, the recovering, the one and only Christopher T. Barty. Bardo, how are you? New sling, new man. Yep, new sling, blue sling. <laughs> um, yeah, good, good. Um, just, uh, i tell you, what I'm, tell you what I'm grateful for today, Pat. What's that, Chris? Man, it's private health insurance. Oh, mate, I bet. I bet. Uh, Was the bill punchy? If you, if you don't have it. You better go get it because um, it was good. It was, you know, um, kept my costs down, had a room all to myself. Oh, love that. Um, How was the food? Was like a, uh, not bad. They actually take your order before you go in. Get out of here. What'd you order? Um, so, uh, I think for dinner I had uh, chicken sweet corn soup, oh. a sandwich, and uh, winter veggies. Ah. That sounds yeah, pretty all right, mate. That sounds sure pretty all right for right. hospital food. Yeah. And then, then for breakfast, it was um, bacon, granola, uh, granola, granola. Yeah. Uh, Weird combo. Orange juice and, um, or not together. I mean, that was, you know. <laughs> and then um, I didn't have bacon. In, I didn't have granola in my bacon or vice versa. I mean, that's, um, I bet there's places in the States where you can get that. I bet there's some of our American listeners who are just chowing down on granola infused bacon as we speak or bacon infused granola. Yeah, I could, you could see, you could see having bacon bits in your cereal. That's, that could be a thing. But um, anyway, so that was good. Um, uh, and look, as far as, uh, as far as surgeries go, it's, uh, it's pretty painless. Um, they, um. You're only moderately high at this point too, Bardo. On a scale yeah. from one through to high, you're only about a sort of yeah. a five or a six. No, I'm doing, yeah, five or six. Yeah, um, they um, they put a pretty good block. I didn't know I, I didn't know what this was a, a block, a nerve block in my arm. So um, classic me though, um, because I had a um, just a standard general anaesthetic and then a nerve block in my arm. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, <laughs> I accepted a sedative before I went in because you know. Sure. Somebody and, says drugs. You say yes. That's that's where it might. That's where I'm Well, at. not generally, but in, <laughs> you know, in this case, I thought a sedative might help to calm the nerves a bit. Yeah. And um, anyway, my my uh, surgery was at ten o'clock in the morning, and it was only supposed to go for forty minutes. Um, but I didn't wake up till three. So, oh, so mate. I was out. Um, I was out out cold, but um, kept on waiting. But apparently, apparently, it all went pretty well, and um. Yeah, yeah, new sling, blue sling. New sling, blue sling. Well, mate, um, it's a big pod today, Chris. I mean, it's it's a huge one. And I'm, I'm, I'm preemptively apologizing to the listeners. We, we, we might just crack straight in, to be honest, because it's going to be massive. Um, folks, for the World Cup, if you're just tuning in for your first episode, for the World Cup, Chris and I have been getting our correspondents scattered all around the world to send us in tapes. And then we're playing a bastardized version of the game, OK Stop, from Pod Save America slash... Um, uh, love it or leave it where we're playing the tapes um i haven't listened to them yet and neither is chris we're just going to play them if we feel like we need to stop them and talk about it then we do um uh, we are doing that by saying hold up hey so um without further ado chris are you ready to crack in for some tom k hawkey with a bulletin from a brit always always looking forward to it here we go here's tom hi there tom k hawkey here with another bulletin from a brit now, before I begin, Pat's actually asked us to include a bit more banter in these bulletins, interjections and yarns. Well, Pat, 
There are two classic zings in here. See if you can spot them, mate. England bounced back in spectacular fashion against Bangladesh, a team they've lost to at the last two World Cups running. Add in Bangladesh's victory against South Africa and close-run defeat to New Zealand, and this match became anything but a foregone conclusion. England once again faced spin in the early overs. This time, Bairstow and Roy chose a more cautious approach to begin with and got themselves in before easing up through the gears. Bairstow hit roughly third gear before miscuing a shot to extra cover for 51, whereas Roy was up to about 27th gear on his way to a 153. He ended with three sixes in a row before a wider ball induced a false shot and brought a fine explosive innings to an end. Chucking a blast from Butler and some quick-fire runs down the order, and England chalked up their own record World Cup score of 386. This was also the seventh ODI in a row, where England posted a score over 300, which overtakes the record previously held by Australia with six games. It's just another way in which England are proven to be much, much better than Australia in this Ashes. England's Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. I'm not sure I can tolerate that. That's a big call. Big call. But seven games in a row over 300. Well. Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's a fair call. They did just lose to Pakistan, though. So, you know. You know. You know, I'm just saying. Um, uh, <laughs> I just love Tom Hawkey. I just love his business. Um, he makes he makes excellent point. We're there. a bit we're a bit early for the Ashes here, Tom. I think. Um, just hold your ho- hold your horses as you would hold your horses as you would say, Tom. But um, I'll tell you what, he's got a fair point about um, uh, Jason Roy. Uh, he was outstanding. Um, 153 of 121 deliveries. He was uh, absolutely destructive. Um, just one of the best. I think probably the best things we've seen at the World Cup. So far, um, really reminiscent of um, uh, when he was back here in Australia and just took the Australian attack apart. Um, Bangladesh just, just didn't really have uh, any answers for him. Uh, and ably assisted there too um, by Johnny Bairstow at the top of the order. I mean, that was an outstanding opening partnership of 128. Really laid a solid foundation. Um, and then Joss Butler. Um, I mean, Joss Butler is uh, almost... Well, he's a different different model to Gilchrist, I suppose, in that he comes in in the middle order, but he's a handy guy to come in at five, and particularly when the score's at 235 when he does come in, um, really launches a plat- really was a perfect platform, actually, for him with about 15 overs to go, and really to let loose, and, and, and so he did. England's bowling was still not as ruthless as I'd like it to be. However, the imposing run rate required meant that despite a century from the world's best all-rounder, Shakib Al-Hassan, England still romped to a healthy 106-run victory. Though I do feel that England aren't quite firing on all cylinders with the ball, it was a pleasure to watch Jofra Archer back on the money. My favourite aspect of his game is that he generates pace and hostility from such an easy, languid run-up. Stokes chipped in again with a clutch of wickets bowling at the tail, though he is one of five bowlers to hit the stumps without dislodging the bales at this World Cup. It's a frankly ridiculous situation, and I think the ICC were worried about games being over too quickly and decided to make the bales out of lead. 
He makes a great point there, Chris. Maybe after all this time, uh, the ICC actually thought some heavy metals uh, might be the way to go. You know, I spent five hours yesterday watching Chernobyl. Right. um, And some of those heavy metals, Chris, may have uh, eked their way from Soviet Russia into the Zinger Bales. um, Sure. Holding them down in place is my only theory at this point. Uh, It's a wild one. Um... (laughs) (laughs) It's a wild one. Uh, look, they're certainly pretty heavy, aren't they? Um, a lot of tech, a lot of tech in the old Zinger Bale, I reckon. Um, I feel like they're heavier than the ones we use in the BBL. Do you think? Is that? Do you feel like I'm right about that? Well, I mean, the optics, the optics part suggests that they that they are. Um, but um, uh, no, <laughs> I honestly don't know. Um, no, I think. Um, look, if Joffrey Archer can't knock them off, then obviously. Uh, we're in a bit of trouble here. Look, it's made for an interesting discussion point, hasn't it? I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. You know, it adds a little bit more roulette to the wicket. Um, I know NASA Hussein has um, come out earlier in the week and, and, and sort of said, oh, this is nonsense. It has to stop. It's too hard for the bowlers. But let's be honest, this was never a bowlers game. So, uh, oh. you know. Well, well, Chris, well, I'm not sure how to respond to that, if I'm honest. Um, let's see if TK's got anything else to say for himself. Mr. Lusaka. The ball flicked the top of the off bale, which miraculously dislodged from the stumps for once, before sailing clean over Bairstow's head and clearing the boundary. I'd actually momentarily looked away from the screen, and genuinely thought the batsman had ramped Archer for six. England take on the West Indies next on Friday. They're likely to be pretty pissed off that we stole Archer from them, so I expect their own barrage of pace attack will be bowling some serious heat at us. However... England's star batsmen love the ball coming onto the bat, and I can imagine England extending that run of big innings en route to another victory. Plus, if Australia can beat them whilst relying on Coulton Isle for the runs down the order, I'm pretty sure England will manage just fine. <laughs> Classic. Thank you, Tom, the, for another excellent bulletin from a Brit. The arrogance. Uh, <laughs> the, arrogance the arrogance is just mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I tell you what, I, I think it shapes as a cracker match. Um, I I cannot wait to see the likes of uh, Sheldon uh, Cottrell and um, Jason Holder um, and Big Dre Russ um, mm. get stuck in. I think it could be a really interesting game, um, particularly if uh, if the likes of you know Gale and Shy Hope get get firing in, with with the bat as well. Um, I'm not so sure it's going to be so easy. I, I would I would be inclined to agree, Chris. Also, interesting Sheldon Cottrell fact. Do you know he's a member of the JDF? I did, the, yeah. The uh, Jamaican Defence League. Yep, and that's the, that's where his um, unique celebration comes from. Oh, Chris, I love it. Can I say that? I bloody love it. I love a man, I love a, a player with a consistent celebration they crack out every time. Something iconic. Um, the Brett Lee starting the lawnmower. Yes, yeah. Um, you know? The march up and salute. He managed to even pull it the other day when he took that cracker of a catch. Oh, more of it. More of oh, it. Though. I think it's just it's nice to have, have some personality in the game, Pat. You know, it's... Uh, bit of personality. Yeah, it's a little, it. bit, it's a, bit, a little bit sterile these days, but it's, it's nice to have a bit of personality back in the game. And I will say this to me, mate. Like, England really do look to me like the... Uh, like the big favourites of this this competition, that that three eighty six they put on against Bangladesh, and as we've mentioned in the past, mate, like Bangladesh are not a bad side anymore. Like gone are the days mm. of them being an out and out minnow. Um, so yeah, they're putting on three eighty six in Cardiff. 
I mean, that's a that's a huge score. Uh, it's a big um, score. If they're able to keep pushing that. They're gonna they're gonna win the tournament, you know. Yeah, look, they're a big score. I, I, it was certainly three out of six is a monster, and you're not gonna lose too many games from there. Um, I think they's probably at this stage have the top two most expo- explosive uh, batting lineups. I think it's a toss up mm. between them and India. I'm not quite convinced yet that England has separated themselves from the pack. Um, I think against Pakistan they showed that they were vulnerable um, and I think their fielding hasn't always been perfect um, so there's some pl- there's room for improvement but certainly if you're an English supporter um, you'd be feeling pretty buoyant right about now You, yeah well clearly <laughs> just ask Tom K hooky yeah. <laughs> um, hey Chris yeah first um, tape of the year well first tape of the tournament from Roscoe Thatil oh Roscoe do you want to check in with Roscoe Roscoe our Sri Lankan correspondent um, with a Sri Lankan salutation, let's check in with the man, the myth. He's been doing a coaching course in the UK. I believe he's now qualified as a grade two coach, our Roscoe, um, which is pretty awesome. Let's hear what he has to say. Hi, everyone. This is Roscoe Tatil uh, with your report on Sri Lanka. So far, it has been an up and down uh, World Cup for Sri Lanka. They started off really badly against New Zealand. They were thumped by 10 wickets. Uh, the batting looked really flat and the bowling didn't look great either. But uh, come the second game, they started off brilliantly. Kusal Pereira looked brilliant at the top of the order. They were 144 for one at one stage. But uh, all of a sudden, one of those familiar collapses as uh, Sri Lanka were bowled out for 201. Uh, and uh, Afghanistan was set a revised target of 187 to win. And uh, it was nice to see the Sri Lankan seamers actually uh, putting their hands up. Uh, Nuan Pradeep picking up four wickets and Lasit Malinga picking up three wickets as well. It was a good, good Hold win. Hold up. Um, Bardo, mm. how ridiculous is it that Lasit Malinga is still A, knocking around and B, as good as he is? Well, very, very ridiculous. Um, i tell you one of the things that did make me, uh, make me laugh though. I think it might have been something. It was just lost in translation maybe or maybe the word has a slightly different meaning in Sri Lankan. Obviously, Sri Lanka's had a bit of a rough trot of late, and um, yeah. in the in the pre-match pre-match press conference, um, Lasseth Malinga was saying that he hoped that his players felt the shame of losing, <laughs> and that that shame would spur them on to victory. Um, pretty dark, I thought. <laughs> pretty punchy stuff there from Malinga. Yeah, <laughs> pretty hectic. Pretty dark, but look, I mean, he is. You know, obviously a senior member of that team. Um, he's been a, a very unique bowler for a long period of time, frightening at the peak of his career. And um, um, look, it's 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 nice to see him out there still uh, still strutting his stuff with that. Uh, well, we use the word unique, that unique action. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Let's hear some more. Good win, uh, a win that the whole country needed to uh, get them going in the World Cup. And uh, the next uh, game was against Pakistan. And uh, as uh, you all know, it was rained off. Uh, there was heavy rain throughout the day, which meant that the game was uh, rained off. And they have another crucial game against Bangladesh tomorrow. So if uh, they can pull off a win in this game, they will have five points after four games, uh, which is not too bad considering where Sri Lanka was uh, at the start of the tournament, uh, ranked at ninth position. So all to play for against uh, Bangladesh tomorrow. But having said that, Bangladesh have been... Uh, pretty strong in this tournament so far compared to what Sri Lanka has produced uh, however Sri Lanka will uh, always have a lot of hopes uh, they've been decent in uh, 
major ICC tournament. So there's a lot of hope back home uh, from all the fans as well. Speaking about any weakness uh, from Sri Lanka, uh, I think uh, batting is an obvious weakness. Uh, their key players, Angelo Matthews, Kusal Mendes, uh, not finding any runs, and their all rounders, Dananjay De Silva and uh, Jeevan Mendes as well, haven't uh, been among the runs. Uh, However, hold up, hey, uh, mate, we're going to talk about Angelo Matthews. Mm. That bloke has been in the center of Struggle Town. Mm-hmm. He's been in the dead middle of it. I'm not sure he's made a run. Has he made a run in the tournament so far? Um, no. He might not, have made a run in the most recent game. But he hasn't made a lot, that's for sure. No, you're right. I think he's, uh, he's, look, he's certainly up against it. And he's such a, a talisman for that team as well. Um, yeah. As Angelo Matthews Massively. goes, um, Sri Lanka tends to go. So, clearly, um, it's, it's hard times at, at, at the minute for him. Uh, I think you're right, Pat. His most recent scores uh, are naught and naught. Uh, against Afghanistan and New Zealand um, and uh, 17 against Australia in uh, Southampton in a warm-up game. So, yeah, not great. Um, it's been a bit of a lean spell for him. Um, no doubt about that. Um, and, uh, and they really need him to fire the shot. Oh, they need They've to fire. They've a really rough trot of it. Uh, there's not a lot of... Um, it was an odd squad, I think, that Sri Lanka picked. Um, certainly not what a lot of people were expecting. It's a very inexperienced side. Um, mm, massively uh, Dick Weller was a guy who, who showed a little bit of something in Australia and they, they left him at home left him out of the side um, so they made some interesting choices and I'm, I'm not quite sure um, I hope I could be wrong but I, I wouldn't have thought that uh, the World Cup was the time to run an experimental lineup myself but um, there you go I mean maybe that's why you and I aren't selectors Chris well not yet at not least yet. we're still mm. waiting for the call Cricket Australia if you're listening um I don't think I want to be the Australian cricket. I don't think I want to be an Australian cricket selector. That would be a terrible job. What, mate? You want to roll over to Sri Lanka and just oh, pick I think their there's a lot less there. pressure in Sri Lanka. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just completely, completely ridiculous, Bardo. I'm sure there's millions of Sri Lankans which would be putting the pressure on you as some random colonising Australian just swanning in there and picking their team, mate. I'm not sure that'd go well. No, maybe not. Maybe New Zealand. I feel like no, New Zealand wouldn't care so much. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Somebody somewhere, Thailand cricket. If you are, if you want a selector, Chris Barty is his name. Selecting is his game. Give him a bell. It's a bit hot, it's a bit hot in Thailand. I'm not sure about it. A bit sticky. Anyway, <laughs> not good in the heat. Let's hear some more from Roscoe. Uh, it was very promising to see uh, their pacemen uh, put the hands up and uh, produce what they did against Afghanistan. But then again, another injury blow for Sri Lanka as uh, Nuan Pradeep has been ruled out for a week after dislocating his finger so he'll be a big mess so I'm assuming they'll uh, get a spinner in for the next game probably Jeevan Mendes might come back in place of Nuan Pradeep so fingers crossed uh, for the game against Bangladesh tomorrow but if they can pull it off I'm sure Sri Lanka will uh, produce something special in this tournament it's interesting thank you Roscoe great to hear from you mate absolutely legendary effort um it's an interesting to think that if they do win this game, mm. then Sri Lanka should, could all of a sudden be on five points, which puts them in like not a terrible position. Mm. But I, well, I mean, uh, as we, the match between uh, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka is going is going on as we speak. Well, not really going on as such because it's delayed by rain. Um, yeah, it's been wet. Uh, Sri Lanka could Sri Lanka wet. could absolutely Stephen Bradbury this. <laughs> they really could, hey. 
they could totally Stephen Bradbury the pants out of it. They're sitting at sixth at the moment. Um, and if they get a win here, they could really jump themselves up towards the top of the table, which is kind of amazing to think about given how terrible their start was. But, I mean, anything's possible in the game of cricket, Chris, as, as we well know. Um, anything's possible. Uh, great to hear from Roscoe there with a Sri Lankan perspective. Um, would you like to hear from Michael the Stick Wood or Chris the Goodman Goodrick? Ooh. Ooh. No, look, I think we need to uh, we need to get stuck into into Goodrick. I got to hear about this. Let's get stuck into Goodrick. Chris Goodrick is our South African correspondent, and uh, I'm expecting him to be. Uh, I'm devastated, to be honest. Um, we've been sledging him a lot on the two for none chat. He's been copying a lot of stick from us, so I wonder if there's any clapbacks in this tape. Let's let's have a listen. Sonny Bonani, good day, Patrick. Good day, Chris. Chris, I hope you are recovering well there, mates, and uh, back on the mend. Um, good to be back, mate. Um, I thought for today's um, agenda it might be not a yarn from a Yarpy, but more of a rant. Um, but I'd like to cover four key issues, I think, where South Africa's sort of gone, ra- uh, gone wrong. Um the first thing I'd like to cover is is the big elephant in the room, pressure, and just how South Africa is just, just cannot deal with uh, pressure situations. Um, and then hot off the press, the big AB de Villiers story, what's going on there? Um, just an absolute uh, shitstorm, basically, in the middle of, uh, of a World Cup that's not going well for us. And then uh, number three, just to go through uh, just briefly where it's all gone wrong for South Africa after four games, just one point. You know, not where, not definitely where I thought we'd be. And then um, just finally looking forward, you know, what, what the fixtures look like, where, where do I see it sort of heading and what are our chances really realistically of making the last four. Um, so let's let's talk about the pressure thing. And I think uh, Bardo really hit it on, uh, on the head, you know, that, that beautiful analogy with two positive energies, you know, South Africa and World Cups that just don't, you know, don't really work. And um, since 92, we just haven't really been able to push the button in those, you know, really precious uh, precious situations and come through. And I really think, you know, South Africa does need some work around, um, you know, getting things right in those precious situations because we can see that, you know, teams like Aussie and India and that they know uh, they have that sort of mental edge and that, that, that kind of ability to um, win games in those critical situations. And um, it's, it's, it's really a, a, t- a sad thing for South Africa because we just don't know um, we don't know how to win in those critical situations, and it's it's proven this way again. We've just sort of buckled under sure. the pressure. Hold um, up, um, Bardo. Chris might go on to say some more about that, but you're a man who's played a fair bit of professional sport, Bardo. Mm. Um, not uh, cricket, but a wide range of others at a very high level. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What? How does how does the mental side of things affect? the way that you play, why does, why does pressure sort of cause teams to crumble like that? Um, well, it, you've, you've seen The Matrix, haven't you, Pat? <laughs> you've seen The Matrix? I've seen The Matrix, um, Chris. I've you know the when they're, they're, like, they're like, what happens if you die in The Matrix? Do you die in real life? And then somebody turns around and says, mm-hmm. the body cannot function without the mind. And I think that's essentially it. <laughs> It's essentially it. Um, Pat, what I want you... I, want, I, want, I, want, I can't do it, but I want you to do an exercise with me now, Pat. I want you to just... Okay, I'd and, love to. And if, I'm sorry for the listeners at home, but you're not going to see this, but maybe you can play along. 
So I just want you to wave your hand like the Queen of England, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Pretty loose, yep. pretty easy, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yep. now I want you to tense your bicep as hard as you can. Okay, and yep. now I want you to try and do it. It's difficult. It's very it's hard. It's very hard. So if you're, if you're anxious and you're nervous, you're getting tense. And when you're tense, it's hard to make your body do what you, what you want it to do. And mm. I think, um, you know, as, as obviously people say, oh, look, you know, the, 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 the history, history plays no part and all that kind of thing. But if you allow it to seep into your brain and, um, and, and you pile all this pressure on yourself, um, then you might find that it actually does start to impair your performance. And um, South Africa, in some interesting spots, really, when you look at their selections leading into the tournament, so obviously... Um, Dale Stain came in under an injury cloud towards the back mm. end of his career. He might be thinking, am I still what I once was? Hashim Amla towards the end of his career um, under a bit of a, a form cloud. Um, and then you've got um, guys like Ngidi, um, who's leading the attack at 23, you know, first big tournament. Um, I tell you what, the only guy that looks like he's having any fun out there is Imran Tahir. Um, who's yeah. 40 years of age, but he's probably the best performed player for South Africa so far, I, I think. Um, and he's every time he takes a wicket, he, do, he does a lap. Like, you know, he's he's having a lot of fun. And he's playing good cricket. And I think sometimes it's that simple. Maybe it's that simple, Chris. Maybe it's that simple. Let's hear from more from Chris Goodrick. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know from, from how we're going to sort of get back on track, but, you know, there's always that. We've still got the faith and, uh, you know, um, hopefully it does come through. Um, A.B. de Villiers, can you believe it, made himself available um, an hour or at, at the 11th hour, um, gave uh, Faf a call apparently to um, make himself available for selection, which has obviously caused a lot of disruption for our team um, and such a great player. It's, it's, it's just a bit weird that he did um, decide to, to make himself available. And it's caused a bit of a media frenzy and um, for such a player that's got such a reputation and is so loved throughout the world uh, in IPL and all formats, it's um, it's quite a sort of tainted tainted his image. And, um, you know, my view is that, you know, I think the selectors have made the right decision, even though he made himself available. You know, he decided, uh, you know, a year ago that, you know, he's going to concentrate on IPL and, you know, players like Fenderson, uh, even Dumini, um, you know, sort of been working to, to try to get their place in the side and for someone to say, hey, I want to be in the side at the 11th hour is, is, is for me is not good enough. So I, I back our decision uh, makers in our management for, for making that call. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's just that unnecessary... Um, um, yeah, we just don't need it, you know, especially when um, and it's sort of come, it sprung up in the media after two or three games. So um, that's not great, not great at all. Um, all right, let's cover where it's all gone wrong for South Africa. Um, the first thing is... Hold up. Starting. Um, Chris, mm. A.B. de Villiers. Mm. 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 Punchy, right? Abraham. I mean, obviously one of the greatest um, batsmen one of the greatest cricketers ever to come out of South Africa, one of the greatest cricketers the world's ever seen. Mm. Um, and it must have been a tough phone call for the South African selectors and Faf C to turn down. But what I am interested in especially is um, is Chris Goodrick's perspective there in that, you know, as a South African, 
he's it sounds like he found finds it to be a dishonorable act in some way um that it that it feels like from chris's perspective there that that he feels like ab's reputation has been tarnished in some way or he's done something to um sour the minds of south african supporters by taking this action which is a hell of a thing am i reading into that am i reading that wrong uh, look it's an interesting one isn't it um I, I agree in the sense that i don't think he should have been picked um i don't i don't really i look i'm, I'm sure he thought it was, it was a noble thing to do right i i'm i'm pretty confident of that um he's a noble man yeah, he's a good least. cricketer um He's a good well guy. Liked. Um, uh, I'm sure he thought he felt he was doing the right thing, um, but he'd retired from the game, and there had been guys doing the right thing day in day out to try and make this team and and meeting the standards and 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 the various commitments and that sort of thing. So um, I think it's it's the right thing to do. I don't think you can. I don't think it would work well if you just parachuted someone in. Um, I mean. We even saw at the last World Cup where, I mean, Michael Clark was struggling with his injuries um, and mm. effectively they were not sure that they were going to pick him and he, and he um, worked his tail off to get his butt off. side. And people yeah, didn't really did. like that either. I mean, that, wasn't, that yeah. wasn't, you know, some people thought it was very courageous and other people sort of thought it was a bit selfish um, or it was perceived to be, perceived to be. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe... That's what Chris is saying here is that, um, you know, well, like, thanks for putting your hand up. But if you wanted to help us out, where were you the whole time? Yeah. You know, and um, Where have you been for the last 12 months? Yeah, and that doesn't really help the team coming out now because now you're saying, well, I, I wanted to come back and save you. Um, and and maybe that that's just uh, undermined a bit of uh, confidence in the, in the national team, particularly from a, a former player and legend uh, in AB de Villiers. I, I think I, I think really the disappointing thing is here is that the story ever got out in the first place because um, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't serve anyone, you know. I, I think the right thing it's nice that he made the offer. It's the right thing for Faf and the selectors to turn it down, politely politely decline. Um, but I, I think the sad thing is that the story got out in the first place. This is something you would have preferred to keep in the house. Yeah, I'm here. I hear you there, mate. Is why we're we not starting with Rabada. Uh, he is our strike bowler. Let's bring him out. Let's attack teams let's you know use our strongest bowler uh while we i like the fact that we did bring on um uh, our, our spinner um you know to, to mix things up um in in the beginning but why are we starting with ngidi and peshlaquaya i'm not sure so i think let's you know we we, we need to attack teams and, and and get early wickets and i think we should be starting with Robota. um one thing i picked up in the first three games um obviously not counting the West Indies, is we're constantly changing our squad. So if you look at the first game versus England, um, and this is our batting lineup, we, we had De Kock, Amla, Markram, Faf, or De Duplessis. Second game, De Kock, Markram, Duplessis, Miller, you know. Um, so in the third game, um, we had De Kock, Amla, Duplessis, Van Dusen. So... <sighs> I think our selectors and our coach have a lot to answer for. We're constantly changing our batting lineup. No one really knows where they belong in the squad. No one knows really what their role is. Um, Markram's in on the second game, then he's out the third. Um, Van Dussen is batting uh, five in the second game, then he's batting four. Miller's batting four in the second game, then he's batting five. Duplessis up at three in the third game, but he's fourth in the first. You know, it's just all over the show. Um, So I think we've kind of got it wrong. 
Um, no one, no one really, no one's comfortable in this spot. So I think the selectors have sort of got things a little bit wrong there. Um, the other thing I'm not happy with is just um, we we've made some really stupid errors as I covered in my last one. If you look at the Decock run out, Van Dusen run out, Morris run out. I mean, the Morris one, I cannot even watch it, it how he ran his baton. Um, dismissals, Van Dusen trying to reverse sweep, Faf charging down the wicket. It's just... Hold it's up. Just, Chris, mm. did you see Van Dusen's attempted reverse sweep? It wasn't good. Oh, boy. It was... Oh, boy. What was it? Against, against India, he was... Oh, man. He had his foot about, I'd say, a foot down the wrong line <laughs> and got bowled around his legs trying to reverse sweep a leg spinner. It was a seriously bad look. Um, yeah, it was a bit... Uh, yeah, it was a bit like an oct- octopus on uh, roller skates, wasn't it? It wasn't... Uh, <laughs> it wasn't classic. It wasn't classical. It wasn't a classical reverse sweep. Uh, we could say that. But uh, um, it'll certainly make the high. Well, it- I don't know if it'll make the highlights package. It'll make a pack. It'll lo- it'll li- linger in the memories of the viewers of the 2019 World Cup. It'll make Chahal's highlight package for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. All gone wrong. It's it, we just we we just have not been critical and um, we haven't implemented a game plan. It, it has just gone all wrong. And then if we look at our bowling, eight wides versus England, we. You know, letting Bangladesh get away with it. I know the Bang- Banglies, they, they played amazingly well, but we, we have got it all wrong. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm still hopeful that we've got a chance, but it's, you know, if we look, you know, we got a point from the West Indies game, but we still didn't look too good there. Um, and we've got Afghanistan, New Zealand, Pakistan, um, Sri Lanka and Australia next, all absolute must-win games. So... I think if we get a bit of confidence from Afghanistan, New Zealand's going to be a tough game, um, and so is Australia. And of course, Pakistan's always a, always going to you don't know what team's going to turn up. So, I think if 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 there's ever a time for a South African team to be a hero, it is now. We are at the low of the low. Um, it it is the perfect opportunity for a player like Miller, Faf, de Kock. Amla, who is on the verge of scoring the being the the fastest player to eight thousand runs in ODIs, you know he's just behind um, Virat. You know, the, 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 it's, it could be an absolutely beautiful story. This could be the most amazing thing if South Africa comes back from this. And yes, it's not our strongest squad we've had. I think the, the four years ago was our strongest squad, uh, well, most capable squad of winning a World Cup. But this is the potential to be. The most amazing thing if the the South Africans can come back from this. So, um, look, I am going to keep, because I live in New Zealand, I'm going to keep uh, uh, watching these games at midnight and um, uh, I'm going to keep watching these boykies. They're going to come through, I'm, I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping. But um, it's going to be tough. Uh, but I think if we get a bit of conf- confidence against Afghanistan, I think we've always got a chance to beat the Kiwis. Um, if we don't, I'm going to get a lot of hardship at work. But... Look, Paddy, it's going to be good, mate. It's going to be bloody great. We'll see you later. Oh, Chris Goodrick. Oh, mate. He doesn't, he doesn't sound He doesn't sound good, but does he? He sounds downcast, he, but... Um, he sounds very downcast. He sounds, especially for Chris, he sounds very downcast. Yeah. No. Um, well, I guess the positive is there's still plenty of cricket to play. 
Yeah, uh, it's true. You know, and, and, and yeah, you never know. You never know. I mean, we know. I mean, <laughs> let's be, we know. But we know, we know, we know. Um, it's not, it's not looking overly good. But you never know. A victory against New Zealand could uh, turn things around for South Africa. Um, New Zealand haven't played anyone of particular note. Uh, Stature. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we've certainly mm. um, sung the praises of Bangladesh, but Sri Lanka and Afghanistan. Um, Sri Lanka, as we just discussed, haven't been at the peak of their powers and. Afghanistan are a developing nation. So, South Africa will be probably the sternest test that New Zealand has faced thus far. Um, mm. And maybe it's a it, it's a game that uh, they, they turn things around. Um, it's really make or break at this point. If they, if they, if they don't get a victory against yeah. New Zealand, then uh, then really they they don't need to turn up for the rest of the games. Um, yeah, they're cooked. That's, that's pretty much it. Um. Yeah, really tough tournament for him, mate. I mean, we, you and I did a lot of joking about how South Africa would probably choke. And as Australians, we sort of terminally expect that. And I think, Chris, there's something really interesting in what you said about, um, about the mental pressure that they place on themselves and how Australia had success so early in the World Cup. Mm. And we had that early belief, you know, border won it and then war won it and then Ponting won it. And it just got to be this thing where it was like Australia wins World Cups, mm. you know. Um, South Africa had an opposite experience. They had one time where they choked and that's like lingered on their brains and they've just kept repeating it. Mm. Do you know, Chris, when you're, um, when you're learning to snowboard, right. um, they say to you to look the direction that you want to go. So if you're heading towards a cliff, don't look at the cliff. Look toward the left, look to the right, and your body will will take you that way. You want to go the way you're looking, Chris. Right. Um, and I can't help but feel that South Africa is just staring at the cliff going, there's a cliff over there, there's a cliff over there, don't hit the cliff, don't hit the cliff, don't hit the cliff. And then sure enough, mm. one thing leads to another, mm. and next thing you know, you're falling down 30,000 feet without a parachute. Mm. Um and and AB de Villiers is parachuting next to you, going, "I've got I've got a lifeline. <laughs> you want to yeah. jump on mine? Yeah. <laughs> or I was going to give him a bungee cord, you know. And it's uh, I feel really I feel really sorry for Chris Goodrick. It's he's such a bombastic guy, um, and he came in with dot points, and you know that 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 shows where he's at. Uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, he's uh, certainly had the air taken out of certainly had the air taken out of his tyres, Pat. Um, <laughs> Somebody's come around and slashed him. So, oof, uh, I think oof. I think Sheldon Cottrell came around and slashed his I, tires. I think he did. Yep. <laughs> Two for 29. That's pretty slashed. Yeah, they're pretty... Well, I mean, that's the thing. They weren't exactly uh, looking on top of this. Wasn't up to a flyer. Bef- wasn't good. Before the... Uh, wasn't a good start. Before the rain came down. Um, but... Uh, they can be thankful for the rain in a lot of ways. Uh, in a lot of ways. Um, speaking of New Zealand, the though, game ends at Two for 29. Um... Surely, 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 the, surely, surely Cottrell. Too. Yeah, surely Cottrell. Surely Cottrell. Surely Cottrell. He's about. He's the uh, the player of the match in my mind, at least. Yeah. Um, let's hear from Michael the Stuck Wood um, with a call from a Kiwi. Let's check in with the New Zealand side of things. They're on the top of the table, so expect a bit of a cocky um, on top of his game. We're going to jump modes here from a very sad Chris Goodrick with South Africa down the bottom <laughs> to a very jovial Michael Wood. Is my uh, is my personal estimation. I um. I caught a, I gave him a lift the other day mm. and he was pretty pumped. So let's hear from him. Hi, the stick here. Uh, New Zealand are top of the table with three expected wins from three, uh, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh and Afghanistan. 
Uh, although, you know, not guaranteed wins, as we've discussed. The bangers have a good side and can topple some good teams. Uh, hashtag South Africa. Um, but it was a fairly tight game. We we won by two wickets and only 17 balls to spare. It was uh, more of a relief than an excitement, I suppose, when we beat them. Ross Taylor getting a very solid 82, help the cause. And uh, Matt Henry getting another four wickets. Continuing taking his opportunity while uh, Southie's injured. Uh, it was great also seeing Jimmy Neesham getting a career getting career best figures of five for thirty one uh, against Afghanistan. I think uh, for me though, this is the difference between us winning and coming fourth or fifth. You know, lies in, in some of these players. Yeah, that's right. I said winning. I've slightly changed my tune since last week. You know, seeing how this tournament is unfolding, I definitely have more faith and I, I think we potentially could go all the way. But I think it's, um, so, you know, something from Nisham or DeGrandholm or Santner, that's going to be the difference. You know, Hold have, up. You know, Williamson, Taylor, do, Bardo, do you feel like our mate, our mate the stick there is jumping the shark? Do you think that he's got a couple of wins under his belt, he's, he's, got a, he's full of hot air and he's floating away in the, in the, in the Led Zeppelin in the Heimlich and, uh, and he's... No, it's not the Heimlich. That's the manoeuvre you do to get choking for. You know what I'm saying. Look. Uh, the Hindenburg. He's, uh, well, look, the, hey, you got to bank the points, don't you? You, you know, you gotta be, you got to beat somebody. Um, and three for three, it's a, it's a fair start. I think he's right to feel uh, buoyed by... Uh, Cock-a-hoop, Bardo, as you'd say. Um, uh, <laughs> about some of the performances, particularly uh, uh, Nisham. I mean, five for 31 is nothing to... Nothing to sneeze yeah, at. Yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at, um, is it? Disappointed that they didn't play um, Mitch Santner and his um, unusual action. The Imodium. Uh, the Imodium, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, look, hey, look, three for three, it's not a bad start. The real test for New Zealand for me, though, shapes on Thursday against uh, mm. INDIA. Um, oh, yeah. Have I got INDIA? They're pretty sharp at the moment, as we'll get into later on the pod. That's going to be punchy. Let's hear more from the stuck. You know, we can, you know, Williamson, Taylor, Bolt, and some of the other old boys, you know, I'm, I'm assuming we can rely on to fire, but it's these, you know, these other guys that if they can bring something special, then that's where we can win it. That's Yeah, so as long as Williamson and Taylor learn how to say yes, no, and wait, and don't have any more shocking runouts or near misses, we'll be fine. You know, seven times in ODIs and tests, one of them has been run out while batting with the other person. And, like, to be honest, it's felt like more because they've probably just had a lot more stupid amount of close calls like they did the other night. So that better not happen again, <laughs> otherwise... Hold on. No, you won't. Do we reckon that the stick... <laughs> no, you won't. <laughs> It's New Zealand, mate. There's only 14 people there. You know, there's only 4 million of him. He probably knows a friend oh, or a friend, surely. Stick's just mad because he missed the cut. He was the 15th man pick. <laughs> the 14th man squad. He's a very good golfer, is Stick. He? Yeah, I mean, he was telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he hits him quite well. Okay. So there you go. Who is, who is uh, New Zealand's best golfer? Oh, oh it might be Michelle Wee, actually. Oh, you know what? I think you might think be I, on I, something I, there, yeah, I, think, I think I might be. Anyway. Carry on. We were not onto something, folks. We were actually talking about Lydia Ko, not Michelle Wee. Lydia Ko got to be number one in the world there. So uh, not only were we not onto something, we were completely wrong. Our bad, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we'll try and be better in the future when it comes to that sort of stuff. <laughs> Back to the episode. Uh, looking forwards, our tournament really, you could say, does start now after those uh, 
three uh, lower tiered sides. We've got India next. Um, don't forget, we smashed them in the warm up game. I know it's a very different situation now, but you, you know, who knows? Uh, because of the rain, there's been a lot of rain, and the pitch in Nottingham um, has been covered and sweating for two or three days. So, getting our quality seamers in early on a green English pitch, it, it could be interesting. Um, obviously, they annihilated the Aussies, and uh, even a bloody hand warmer wrapped in sandpaper wasn't going to help them. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's some punchy content from Wood. Bloody hell. Did you see that controversy, though, with Adam Zamper and the bloody and the hand warmers? Did this come, did this come across your desk? No, I haven't seen it. There's this... Oh, mate. So this this photo circulated about Twitter and Finchie got asked about it after the game. Uh, this is the Australia-India game of recently. And it was played in about three degrees because it's England, you know, in summertime, mm. quote unquote. Mm. Um, and Adam Zampa kept shoving his hands in his pockets. And it's all this footage of Zamps with his hands in his pockets um, looking sus. Mm. He's got hand warmers in there, mate. Right. He's a leg spinner. He needs to get his fingers to work. Um and so Wood is just doing a double sledge there with yeah. hand warmers. And uh, Wood is a conspiracy theorist who is uh, fully of the belief, I have to talk him down off the parapet about this on our car drive this mm. week, that um, Australia got all those wins because we were sandpapering all balls well, um, for all time. Well, you know you know, what, you know what Chris Gale had, his, had in his pocket the other night? Half what? a ham sandwich. Now, <laughs> he, was, he was eating, all right? He was eating. On the field. Now, I don't know if it was specifically ham, but it was certainly a sandwich. And all I'm saying is we can have lots of things in our pockets, all right? They're not all dubious. They're not all dubious. <laughs> I love Chris Gale coming out to field with a ham sandwich. Cricket's the best game. Yeah. You just don't get to do that in any other sports. No, no, you don't. Um... So, like, yeah. you wouldn't see Michelle Wee coming out to play golf for New Zealand, you know, as a, one of the best golfers in the world, just with a ham sandwich in her pocket. Sure, she just do sure. It. Well, she might. She might. <laughs> she might. Well, I mean, she I, might. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I don't think you'd see Michelle Wee or Lydia Ko uh, heading out onto hit the 18 holes with a ham sandwich hanging out of their pocket. Our apologies again for being idiots. Moving on. Maybe it gets to the point that we all get so paranoid about what's in people's pockets that we just do away with pockets. You know? Just cut them out. Just cut them out. They, they just don't have pockets anymore. You've lost your privileges. <laughs> Finally, if you want to take a ham sandwich out on the field, you're going to have to put it in your hat. <laughs> like Paddington Bear. Oh, exactly. <laughs> when was the last time you saw him bat number three? You don't. He does. Um, it's also worth noting Henry Nichols and Tim Southey are back from injuries. If it was me, I would I'd bring them both back into the side against India. Munro's 24 and 22 against the Bangers and Afghans, respectively, isn't enough. And uh, he's still not firing. Surprise, surprise. Um, although Matt Henry has been performing well, it would be hard to push him out. Um, again, perhaps that's a call for when the covers come off. And maybe Tim Southey will slide in for De Grandholm or something like that. We'll wait and see. Oh, and just before I sign off, one more New Zealander who's underperforming, Chris Gaffney, umpire Chris Gaffney, Australia versus West Indies, you know, already was having a shocking over and then Stark's huge no ball before getting Chris Carl out the following ball, you know, which would have meant a free hit. I mean, mate, come on. Um, to be honest, 
I don't know why the umpires have to call no balls anymore. Surely we have the technology uh, to get immediate feedback, you know, like they do in tennis for a foot fault. So look into that, ICC, please. Um, that and also obviously get rid of the zinger bales. Uh, oh, and uh, no hand warmers uh, should be allowed. That's all from me. Uh, can't wait for some big games coming up this week. It'll be interesting to see what the weather does and how that plays um, its part. Controversial mm. stuff there from the stick. Controversial stuff, mm. Bardo. Um, he makes a good call about the um, about the front foot no balls. I think there should be some kind of laser technology that we can do for that. Don't you reckon? Um, not a bad idea, Pat. Certainly very forward thinking there. Thank you, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there should be some kind of laser recognition, dunkity-dunk, pingity-ping, that could um, register the front foot. And if you're not behind it, then you automatically get pinged. That that particular one from Gaffney was a bloody... It was a big gaff. It was a shocker. Yeah, um, yeah. No, he's, he, hasn't had a, he hasn't had a red hot start, has he? It's There's not been a good. few gaffes from Gaffney. It's been a couple of gaffes from Gaffney. Mm. Um, but look, a, a cocky Michael Wood there. Um, let's see how they turn out against India, and then we can I, talk. I think, I think that's the litmus test at this stage. They are the number one seeds, which I think leads us to, uh, well, an interjection, if I'm not incorrect. You would be absolutely correct. There's only one man left to hear from, folks, outside of Chris and myself. It's Jai, the analyst, Singh. Um and, I, I, you know, he doesn't really do cocky Jai. So let's see what his interpretation of that is. Um, I'm expecting that he'll do cocky via analysis and stats. Uh, let's, let's, let's hear a bit. India finally turned up in World Cup 2019. Not that they weren't playing well, they just weren't playing at all. They've now played two games and registered two decisive wins against tournament contenders South Africa and Australia. These matches have shown up more weaknesses in the opposition than the Indian team itself and left those teams with a fair bit of planning required. In South Africa's case, I think they're now planning for the 2023 World Cup. India has two key boxes. Hold up. That was the biggest sledge we've ever heard from Jai Singh. I really enjoyed it. Zing. Um, <laughs> what a zing somebody get Chris Goodrick some iced water for those burns India have ticked quite a few key boxes in the first two games each of the openers has made a match winning 100 they haven't changed their designated number 4 for two consecutive matches which is unusual Dhoni played an accumulative innings and a fiery one Hardik Pandya showcased the hitting form that transforms competitive totals into unassailable ones each of the opening bowlers has had a day out and the wrist spinners haven't been collared there are a few wrinkles that I'd like to see ironed out before we get to the knockouts. And at the risk of tempting fate, I think that's where India is heading. Virat Kohli made 82 from 77 balls, but he looked scratchy. He looked terribly scratchy against South Africa, and he still looked like he was trying to force the pace against Australia. He wasn't batting in his normal, unflappable rhythm. He started looking more comfortable around the mid-50s, uh, and he should be motoring nicely after a couple more matches to find his range after the IPL probably put him off 50 over rhythm. KL Rahul hasn't had uh, a lot of game time, but he had a good warm-up game, so I'd like to see Kedar Jadav promoted if India has a good platform. We've seen one finisher pulverise the opposition from 220 for 3 after 37 overs, and I'd like Jadav to have an opportunity to get into that sort of form as well, because India's weakness with a strong top order, has been the middle order not getting enough game time. Dhoni was great against balls in his area, on the body, but he looked a bit at sea against wide full balls. That's always been the best place to bowl to him, and I'm hoping he gets to work in the nets, developing a counter, so he isn't kept quiet at Hold key up. moments. 
I hate to say it, mm. but at Donny's age, I don't think, and I could be completely wrong here, Chris, you've read his autobiography, I have not, mm. I don't know if he's going to be heading down the nets every day to work on driving balls through square of the wicket. Um, I think he's going to wait for him in his area and he's going to pump him out of the ground. Uh, it, uh, am I wrong about that? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I would, look, I, I think... I would think that he'd be doing whatever he needed to do to prepare for the game, as we, uh, and and that may include you know bulk throwdowns, um, because at the end of the day, this is this is his swan song. So uh, I, I would think he's still getting the work done. Um, such is the man. Um, he wouldn't want to be walking up and, and and taking anyone's spot. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting a fair bit of work done behind the scenes. Yeah, well, fair point, Bardo. Fair point. Let's hear some more. My main concern at the moment is the fifth bowler. Pandya has had his moments, but Jadov has looked a shadow of himself this year. It would be good if they can build up form against the lesser teams as the tournament progresses. Is Dawan going to be fit after the blow to the hand from Pat Cummins? That's a key question. If he isn't, Rahul will open and will have, surprise surprise, a new number four. It really could be anyone. It'll probably be Shankar, but who knows, maybe put Mohamed Shami in. Why not? Pretty much everybody else is bad at the Next match is against New Zealand, who have been going nicely but slipping under the radar so far. This could be a tricky match for India against Trent Bolt if it's a green pitch, but I think if it's a batting shootout, India should have a bit too much in the tank for the Kiwis. Uh, as per usual, just some top-notch, top-shelf analysis from Jai there, Chris. Um, and he didn't really rub it in our faces as much as I was expecting him no, to, if I'm honest. No, he didn't. Um, first, first, a succinct uh, interjection there. Succinct. From Jai, but... Succinct. Um, look... And, and this is this is my thing. I, for me, at the moment, um, India obviously have taken a little bit of time to to commence at the World Cup, um, but I think they've established themselves now as the number one seed. Um, I think obviously just dismantled South Africa, who were all right, pretty much already on bended knee, but um, still took still them apart. took them apart. And uh, I tell you what, their batting performance against Australia last night was absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, it was phenomenal, wasn't it? I mean, it? that opening stand between Sharma and Shikadawan um, of 127 just really laid the platform. And, um, gee, didn't mm. Shikadawan look good? Um, oh, mate. You know what, Chris? I have not seen our fast bowlers lack penetration so badly in a very long time. Yeah. It, I just, I'm not sure that they necessarily picked the right side last night. Um, uh, what makes you feel like that, well, mate? Well... I think they. I have a theory that they might be holding Nathan Lyon back because obviously they're reusing similar pitches, like it's a used pitch. So I think they might be yeah, holding yeah. back the second spinner. But I just find it. I find it unusual that the tandem spinners had such great success in the ten matches leading up to the World Cup, um, and they haven't been. Well, Nathan Lyon at least hasn't been played yet. Um, Coulton Isle was obviously very handy with the with the bat in the last game, but his form with the ball hasn't been brilliant so far um yeah wasn't great i think uh, do you know who do you know who i think we're really missing here though pat is uh jai richardson um his mate do you know who i think we're missing josh hazelwood okay okay interesting point um you know i think we would have killed for hazelwood's line and length in this game mm. um just because of how much wayward stuff got bowled especially by Coulter Nile, but even by Starkey, mate. Starkey and Stoinis bowled some real, some real pies. Yeah, if we're, if we're honest with each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, 
and don't get me wrong, I love Jai Richardson, mate. Jai Richardson's a great bowler. I'm a big fan, but I think that Hazelwood's metronomic accuracy is was sorely missed, and his ability to constantly challenge the batsman's defence, mm. which we had in Paddy Cummins, but all of our other bowlers did not have that in this game. No, no, I think you're right. Um, I mean, uh, I, the thing I, the thing I like about Jai Richardson is just the way he bowls through the crease. So he he attacks the crease at speed. Um, and, and gets it moving uh, left and right um, and, and plays with a bit of aggression too. And I, I, I'm obviously not available for selection. I would have liked to have seen Jason Berendorf. If, you're not, if you weren't going to play a second spin, I would have thought that this was a decent game for Berendorf to get involved. Um, yeah. Um, it was, but really, it was, about, it was a good toss to win, wasn't it, for, for, um, for Vera yeah. Coley and... Um, but it, to show you what kind of a batting strip it was, um, I mean, how often did India bat second? You know, these days. But he, he yeah. couldn't wait to get out there. Um, so it was a good toss to win. They made the most of it. Um, clearly, any time you're going to have to chase down 350 plus is going to be incredibly difficult. Um, there weren't wasn't a lot uh, of redeeming features for the Australian bowling. I will say that Marcus Stoinis' uh, uh, catch there at the end of the innings, caught yeah. bowled MS Donny, yeah. was absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah, was that incredible. was one of the all-time great plucks. Um, but um, and look, I've got to give India. credit to the the Indian top four there. Mm. I mean, the opening stand between Sharma and Shikadarwin was exceptional. They looked completely unchallenged, and the way that they batted Adam Zampa out of the attack gives all other teams a blueprint for how to go about it. Yep. It was also a perfect example of that if you do not get an Indian top-order batsman out in the first 10 overs, in the first power play, you're screwed. Mm. Yeah. Like in this tournament, if you don't take a wicket in that first 10, you're cooked against well, India. Well, and I, I think there was a, ma- a moment earlier, early in the game, I feel like it was Sharma who was on strike, I could be wrong. I feel like it was Sharma who was on strike and he was dropped by uh, Coulton Isle at square leg. Uh, yeah, tough a, chance too. It was a tough chance off uh, Stark, if I'm not mistaken. Um, mm. Did well to get hand to it, didn't stick, um, and kind of popped out. And you could tell how disappointed they were. And I think you knew from that point onwards that they knew it was going to be tough to get uh, wickets um, uh, from here onwards. And it just sort of seemed that uh, any edge that Australia did get went went wide of uh, went wide of the slips and didn't go to hand. Yeah. And um, India probably had the rubber, the rubber of the green and, and and made the most of it. Um, and was it Coley who was on zero who got edged behind and dropped by um, dropped by uh, uh, Carey behind the stumps? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so a couple of things that didn't go Australia's way there. Um, but full credit to India. I mean, they they batted well all the way all the way down. Sharma fifty, very patient uh, fifty seven. Shikadawan, as we touched on, was uh, unreal sixteen fours. If you don't mind. Um, yeah. Extraordinary. Uh, you know, Coley was at his devastating best. Um, you know, run a, over a runner ball, 82. Um, Panja, I thought, was uh, uh, devastating as well. Um, you know, he oh, really... Dominating, wasn't he? Uh, really elevated the scoring rate, didn't he, towards the end of the innings. Um, it reminded me of Matthew Hayden. Oh, yeah. Is what watching, that you know, point. T- tall man, just able to dominate over cow corner and square of the wicket. Um yeah, he was really quite exceptional, I thought, Pandya. And and Dhoni had a good cameo too before being nicely caught by Stoin. Um, in terms of the Aussie mm. batting, Bardo, um, oh, I just did want to mention, nah, the, the Aussie bowling I think we've talked about. Um, the Aussie batting, however, it was nice to see Warner get a 50. 
Um, even though he should have been bold yeah. way early in the game. Should have been bold. Also, um, left a lot of balls. Yeah, yeah. What was with that, mate? Uh, what was uh, with that? He was playing a test I innings. I, look, I can certainly um, understand having a conservative start to the innings and getting your eye in, um, but he just never really got out of third gear. Um, was it, it was an unusual innings. I mean, you, you, you certainly don't turn your nose up at 50 runs, do you? But... Um, the pace of the game was was a strange one. Um, I thought Finchie looked good for thirty for thirty six. Um, oh, it was a good looking thirty, Chris. We haven't said that in the pod for a little while now, but it's it was a good looking. It was a good 30. looking thirty. Um, uh, disappointing run out uh, though. Again, probably unnecessary. And I thought oh. there were a couple of unnecessary wickets really there um, uh, throughout the Australian innings. Um, Usman Kawaja's wicket. Um, he looked again. Was he looked good for forty? Um, you know, had had. Le- had a nice platform, and I think that was a difference. Really, um, it was that um, Shikhar was able to get on get on with it, um, along with uh, with Coley. The Australians made good starts. Uh, Warner fifty six, Finch thirty six, uh, Kawaja um, looking to p- perform a ramp shot. I think ramped it onto his own stumps in the end. Oh, um, God. That was so amateur hour from Wisman. It wasn't, wasn't ideal, but again, made a decent platform for himself with 42. Even Glenn Maxwell coming mm. in with 28 off, off uh, 14 deliveries. Um, I mean, by the time Maxi came in, he really had to put the foot down. So, um, you know, you can't really blame him, him too much for, for going for it. Um, but all of those guys had starts. And um, if someone made managed to uh, to hang in there, um, I think the critical wicket really that that, um, that we lost was, was Steve Smith. Because um, even yeah. with even with Smith uh, still in there, the score was on um, was on two thirty eight when he fell, uh, with about ten overs to go. Um, uh, so there was still obviously a, I mean look still twelve and over, but with Steve Smith at the crease, um, n- nothing's impossible. So um, that was really just the difference. I think India just just batted a little bit better and bowled a little bit better and, and, and there's not much more to it than that. Um, yeah. Uh, I think a bright... Carey batted yeah, well too, Bardo, for his 55. I think that's right. I think a, a bright light for for, uh, for Australia was Alex, Alex Carey. Um, it's it's uh, becoming a bit of a habit from uh, from uh, AC um, to uh, mm. to come in and uh, and play a little bit of a cameo towards the end of the innings, which is which has been very good and much needed. Um we haven't seen the best of Marcus Stoinis, I don't think, with bat or ball um, so far this tournament. Um, and there's, uh, well, it's been released earlier this evening that he has a side strain and will be, and will be out of the game against uh, Pakistan on on Thursday, but um, with, with Mitchell Marsh joining the squad. Um, and then I, I don't, look again, I don't think you can really expect too much from, uh, we got some bonus runs out of Coulton Isle uh, against the West Indies. Um, yeah. Cummins and Stark can obviously bat, but I, I don't think it's fair really to... Uh, to lump them with that much of the job to do, and really in the in, no, I, in the end, let's I mean we lost obviously as well we Australia lost, um, but any time you score over three three well any time you score three hundred and sixteen, um, I I don't think you can be too disappointed. Um, they just left themselves with too big well, of a job. I don't know actually, Chris. I'm I, I, you know if we want to win this tournament, Australia has to be able to put three fifty on the board, like um, straight up. Like we've got to be able to do it. Mm. Um, and and there was some poor shot making um, that that resulted in this. We kind of cracked under the pressure a bit to take a bit of a South African point. I did want to throw some props towards Shahal mm-hmm. and um, Kuldeep. I thought those two, the two leggies, bowled exceptionally well. I think Shahal is a is a really wonderful cricketer, um, and I haven't seen much of him before this World Cup. And he's a very he's a thin, lanky, short man. 
um, who bowls a beauty of a leg break. Mm. I mean, two for 62 off 10, but he went for six and over as a leg spinner. Um, that's that's bloody impressive. Mm. So, you know, they've got a really strong bowling attack, especially, you know, Jasper Bumrah and um, Baneshwar Kumar are both bowling yeah. well, ably supported by Hardik Pandya there. The two leggies are excellent, and Kadai Yadav got in there and, and bowled an over or two as well. So, um, look, India for me, I'm with you, Chris. It's going to be India and England are the two teams for me that are that are really firming as, as the hard favourites in this. Um, and Australia's going to lift their game if they want to compete. I, I'm with you. I would see Nathan Coulton Oil um, out of the side in favour of the Dorf for the next mm-hmm. game. Um, and we'll probably see Mitch Marsh come in for Stoin unless they bring in Sauce, your mate, Bardo, and, and ditch the bowling option. I, I just can't see them doing that given how short of bowling we were in this game. Um, I think they're probably more likely to go an all-rounder. Yeah, look, interesting interesting times, isn't it? Um, uh, it, it, it's, it, it is interesting times. I, I'm not quite sure... Uh, uh, what what they're going to do? Um, I don't think Coulton Isle plays in the, in the next game. Um, I think Berendorf will get the call up. Um, and really, I, I think you're right. I think it does come down to which one of the uh, which one of the Marsh brothers uh, uh, covers for Marcus Stoinis. Um, yeah. Uh, whether it's uh, whether it's Sean Marsh or whether it's uh, Mitch Marsh. Um, I phew, tough call, tough call. Uh, because I, I don't know that I, I mean I, I don't know that Marcus Stoinis has has done that much with the ball so far. Um, I know he, he could he obviously bowls you know can bowl well. Um, uh, I would do a couple in that yeah. last game, but I mean we needed the overs. Chris is the thing. Yeah. Like like I say, you know, NCN wasn't bowling so well. They've smashed Zamper out of the attack. Is it his confidence is right down? Mm. Maxwell is getting the long handle taken to him, so we need to. If we don't have that third bowling option, is really able to take well, them offer an option. I mean, then it could be a double change. It could be yeah. a double change in that uh, perhaps uh, uh, Mitch Marsh comes in and Nathan Lyon comes in instead of Jason Berendorf for Colton Isle. Yeah, um, yeah, and maybe. that might give us a bit, bit of a different look um, uh, going about it. But again, uh, we we just and we it's a it's a the enigmatic enigmatic uh, Pakistan that we come up against. So I'm not quite sure what uh, the result's yeah. going to be here. Yeah, and look, it's that we talked about it so many times in the pod, but um, yeah, you never know who's going to turn up, do you? Um, with with those guys, you know, with Pakistan, you, you really can never tell. Um, so his last match, oh, this is on his ESPN and Crick Info, because I'm just thinking about Mitchell Marsh's form, right? We haven't heard mm. much from him in, in a fair while. Um, but his last game that's registered on Crick Info was played on the 20th of March, so a couple of months back now, um, which West does versus Queensland. Um, in that game, he made 100 and he took a wicket. Sure. So not bad. Sure. Um, he took three, two threefers in the game before that against Tasmania. So that would have been the last couple of rounds of the Sheffield mm. Shield. <sighs> Will be interesting to see how that rolls out Bardo my my sh- massive enthusiasm from last week has somewhat been tempered by the loss to India um, I'm now feeling more like we're most likely to come in third on this table yep. I can't really see us topping yep. it um, I feel like it's going to be England India us and then probably New Zealand 
Um, well, to round out the four. I, I think the top two is probably set, probably uh, settled at the moment. Um, they'll certainly make the semi-finals. You would, you would think from here. Um, positions three and four, not so much. I mean, I think you'll find Australia will, will make their way to the semi-finals. Um, but that fourth spot is right up for grabs. Um, and uh, New Zealand have have made a great start as we've discussed and uh uh but i still think uh if things go the west indies way um we could have a a bit of a um a dark horse in the mix yep yep i hear you there um and if south africa really turn it out like chris goodrick says then you never know they could really they could come and pinch hit at the end there too butter so anything's possible um mate we've managed to do this pod in one hour and six i can't believe it um, let's wrap it before we go too much over time. Any final thoughts from you, mate, as before we get out of here? Uh, no, uh, no thoughts from me, mate. Uh, you know, see ball, hit ball, I think is uh, <laughs> probably the uh, the mantra of the day for the Australians and uh, uh, maybe try and get it on top of off. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I love that. I and mean, that's great advice. Well, I'll pass that on. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week with another wrap-up from all of our correspondents and Chris and myself. Make sure you like, rate, review the podcast in the iTunes store or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we really appreciate your listenership. You can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash two for none, T-W-O-F-O-R-N-O-N-E. And uh, get around it, folks. Spread it around. We'd love to see that. Thank you so much for your time and your patience, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you to all our correspondents. Thank you to my main man, Christopher T. Barty. And we will see you next week, folks. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Go, those Aussies.